This episode's guest is my man, Chirp Herm. Mark Herm is a professional poker player. This is episode three from The Vault. If you're listening on iTunes, you can see that the first 15 episodes have negative numbers because uh, kind of like the BC years, I put them backwards because they're from before this current incarnation of the podcast. These are the 15 best episodes from my old podcast that I want to keep in circulation. Um, and Mark is a good friend of mine. Uh, we studied at One Taste together some time ago. Uh, he's a professional poker player. You may have seen him on the television doing things that poker players do. Uh, he's also really well known for injecting a lot of the lingo in uh, the poker world, uh, which I actually want to comment on on some other uh, podcast probably. I'll probably have him back on to talk about this on how uh, language creates your reality. So he's effectively molded a lot of the communities he's been in, uh, both like the sexualized community that I was in and the poker community through his injection of language. Random aside, I just think about that, I suppose. Um, so Mark and I uh, recorded this on New Year's a year ago or two years ago. I don't remember. Uh, it was kind of an impromptu situation. He just had a, a son and we we're hanging out with his little son and it was a fun conversation and really awesome and Mark's the man. So listen to this one. We'll definitely have him back on the podcast later. Uh, and uh, yeah, you could actually, if you want to catch and be a part of that conversation live, you can follow me on Crowdcast. Go to crowdcast.io slash Rwando. There you'll see this like the live schedule where I record these podcasts live. All you have to do is uh, sign up, follow me, and then sign up for one of the, these live recordings. And you can be in the virtual audience and ask myself and the guest questions while we're recording. So if you like this episode, definitely sign up for the Mark Herm episode coming up. Crowdcast.io slash Rwando. This is episode negative three from the vaults, Chirp Herm. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, Perpetual Orgasm, Infinite Play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. All right, so we're in Chirp's house in the Burbs, uh, his very haunted house uh, <laughs> where I stayed. It's, it's uh, New Year's Day. I stayed over for New Year's Eve, and I almost slept. But, yeah, it's cool being in the burbs. It's Wait, did you not run out and sleep? Well, it took me a long time to fall asleep. Normally, I, I'm pretty lights out, but after you told me that ghost story... Should I tell the story? Yeah, sure. All right, so I'll quickly, I'll quickly give you the rundown of the story. So, I'm a single dad. I have a one-year-old kid. He sleeps upstairs, and, um, you know, when he gets to sleep, I, I use a baby monitor. And I had a great day with him. And I was just chilling on my couch, and all of a sudden I get this, like, weird, very strange, like, negative feeling, um, which was, like, so out of the blue because I had such a good day, and, like, I felt so good and just, like, a bit tired, but, like, really good. So this strange negative feeling comes out of nowhere, out of left field, and then I start hearing stuff on the um, on the, uh, baby monitor. On the baby monitor. So, uh, so nothing happens. Then all of a sudden I hear a big, like, thud which was the baby like falling down into the crib. And he, at this point he was like six months and he couldn't even stand up in the crib. So it was like so bizarre. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. So, so, so fucking bizarre. <laughs> um, <laughs> so fucking bizarre. And, and then, so I, I, he's crying. I run upstairs. Uh, I grab him and he ends up being fine. But also another time I was looking at the baby monitor and I was certain that I saw like some sort of like gremlin hanging on the side of it. So, some weird stuff's been going on. Yeah. Here. Well, anyway, you're moving soon, yeah? Yeah, moving in like six months or something. Cool. Where my house is built. 
So I haven't seen Chirp in like two years. We haven't hung out since like New Year's 2014. Yeah. So that was like two years ago. So we had a lot of things to catch up on. But we decided we're going to take over the world this year. Yeah, it's world domination. Uh, should we tell them why? How? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to, um, well, I guess the first thing is we're going to make a periscope where we do like, uh, life experiments and then record our. Yeah, so I'm getting a, I'm sitting and getting a really, I'm getting a pretty big house built. It'll be like 4,000 square feet or something like that. Probably like four bedrooms. Um, and we're all going to live in the house. Me, Ruan, some hot chicks. Um, and it's going to be like a big brother type deal. I mean, this is, this is our end game plan. It's going to be like a big brother type deal where we periscope it and like, you know, it's on Periscope. It's like us having sex with girls and like just the whole interaction of the house. Yeah. But also doing like life experiments. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait what about life experiments? Well, I, well, well, the, I'm just cutting to the... Yeah, well, I mean, that was like supposed to be the secret reveal like six months down the road. Oh, well. I was kidding. Okay. No, no, but, but we originally were thinking um, like we'd like try like different sleep schedules and like testosterone shit and like cold cold therapy and see how it affected us. Like basically experiment with ourselves to become beasts and then we can record it on Periscope yeah. live. So like it'll like, give us motivation to do this stuff that we we actually have interest in doing. Like I would love to do like the the sleep thing is where you sleep for twenty minutes every four hours. Like yeah. how would you? I like I just feel like I wouldn't operate well at all. So like we'll also be giving great insight to like how this was a week of our lives. You know. Yeah, and Sherp's gonna get a sleep deprivation tank. Yeah, I'm Which gonna get a sleep. Tank. So like I I'm a big I'm, not sleep a sensory deprivation tank. Yeah, so, yeah. sorry. Yeah, sensory deprivation. So I'm big into like meditation and stuff, but I can't really meditate. Outside of the tank. Like, I didn't realize this until I went in the tank. So the tank completely deprives you of all senses, obviously the name. Um, and you're in there for 60 to 90 minutes. Um, but it, it's like amazing. It's an amazing way to like actually meditate. And like when I come out of the tank, a lot of times I like feel high. Like that's, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. So it sounds kind of like a psychedelic trip. Super. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had different experiences with it where like sometimes I didn't really feel anything, but sometimes like I'm out of it. I feel like I'm just like so happy and I'm feeling like super like goofy and almost like I smoke weed, I guess. Yeah. I've only done it once and it wasn't totally dark, so I didn't really get Yeah. That. That's a nightmare. It has to be completely nothing because if not, it's just going to be hard to like get into that state. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to become beasts. That, that's the point. Yeah. Um, what else are we going to do? The, the testosterone thing with the, while we, we mean Ruan both just took cold showers, like really ice cold showers. Yeah. Not really, together. Yeah. Not together. <laughs> not together. That could be one. That could be like week 36. But, yeah. Um, homoerotic showering. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so like the cold shower thing, it like totally wakes you up, but it's supposed to like give you testosterone and, I think it's like energy, like vitality, right? Yeah, and it like speeds up recovery. Oh, that was the thing we were talking about last night. Like, because sometimes I do feel withered after a cold shower. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like a beast. And I think it's whether or not like you decide to to meet the shower or you crumble under the cold. Right. Like if you crumble, you're gonna feel like a you're gonna feel weaker afterwards. I think. Wow, that's really yeah. interesting. I, I thought it was I thought it was based on how like um. How like like merciful I was on myself. Like so, say like I like wasn't ready to uh, uh, to sit in say forty degree temperature water, but I would go and do it. That's like the, the universe telling me that like you're like pushing yourself too hard. So uh-huh. then I'm I'm pushed further into <laughs> into being withered. But I don't yeah. know. I mean, who the fuck knows? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this morning. Like, how could I like relate it to energy? Like, it's like your energy body is kind of related to your body, but not always. Like, if your hands and feet get cold, it's because your energy body's gotten smaller than your body. So I was thinking, like, if my energy body is withered and I go into the shower, it's gonna just gonna get, sh- it's gonna shrink. Right. But if I make it really friggin' big, it's gonna like fight the shower and I'll feel hot. Well, how do you make it big? I think just with your mind. I don't. Yeah, this yeah, this yeah. is like meditation shit. I don't know exactly. Yeah, we're not sure. Yeah, we're yeah. guessing. Well, so we met, uh, we met studying sex and orgasm in a in another urban commune, 
Yeah. Uh, studying, like, esoteric sex stuff. So we have that in common. Have you talked about this in the show before or not? Kind of. Not not directly, actually. About, like, oming and stuff? Yeah, I haven't, but we could talk about it. I feel like we should. I feel like we just to, like, give everyone a basis for what the kind of shit that we've encountered and, like, what we're about. Not that we're about that, but we're, yeah. just, we're just about weird shit, sort of. like yeah. And just, like, human discovery, I guess. Like, really. Yeah, actually, that's and, probably a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, and, like, spirit, and, like, and like just, like, all sorts of, like, other realm-type things. Just, like, you know, thinking outside the box. Yeah, so we met studying with One Taste, a company that teaches about um, orgasm and sexuality. Um, practice orgasmic meditation. It's 15-minute practice. You could Google it. I'm sure you'll find tons of shit. You stroke a woman's clitoris, you feel sensations in your body. We don't know how much it actually affects you, yeah. um, but it definitely does something because we both like came in with like desires to be better, like spiritually and sexually, and sexually, we definitely yeah. got that. Yeah, for me it was just like lack of connection. Like I need, I, I really needed the, the piece that they talked about being vulnerable. And then so, so regardless of whether the actual OM does something for you or not, if you're coming in, and, OM is orgasmic meditation. Yeah, OM is orgasmic meditation. OM for sure. If you're coming in and you're sitting there and you're stroking a woman's clit, like just the actual, like regardless if it does anything, just like getting over that hurdle of like, because when I went in, I was like so nervous and I'm like, this is so weird. And like all this shit, getting through that. And like, it just opened you up, I think, to like, at least thinking like, whoa, this is like, that was so new to me. Yeah. There's so many different things. Um, and then the whole community is like, the, they, they taught us a lot about um, like being open uh, open relationships, jealousy, all that, how that stuff type works. And also being super honest, like yeah. speaking real time. Yeah, which is yeah. probably the number one component of that. It's like not even just sex. It's just like speaking honestly and vulnerably, vulnerably if possible, which was like new for me. Like I just thought that you were supposed to kind of act like a robot and like, you know, follow life as some sort of like subtitles and you are supposed to act like this when you're at Starbucks or just act like this when you're in the bedroom, like whatever. Yeah. Well, I am sure that this, the clit stroking thing, allows you to feel into people's bodies, which I think does make you better in sex and, like, just with people. Right. Yeah. And it makes me feel more settled. Like, thinking about energy and stuff like that, like, it definitely makes your energy bigger, I think. Thinking about energy. Like, like pay, paying attention to, like, sensation. Like, because yeah. I didn't understand what connection was, or I didn't understand, like, what it meant to feel someone. Right. But, like, stroking a woman's body, you can feel it on a physical level, which makes it easier to feel someone emotionally. Right. I think. Yeah. I don't think I really needed – I don't know that I needed tons of help with that. I mean, I'm sure – like, I wasn't, like, great at sex or anything like that. But the number one thing I think it taught me and it's helped me to this day in sex is just, like, let's not make – so, like, when you're stroking a pussy, sometimes there's not a lot of sensation, right? Yeah. So, like, when I'm having sex with a girl, a lot of times, like, I'm not trying to be anything else than what I am in that exact moment, which has, like, helped me tons. Like, yeah. Like, the, the tempo which I have sex – just everything is natural and like everything that's natural in my opinion is like, you know, the right way to do things. Yeah. So it just ends up being better, you know, and it, and it's no, it just feels clean, I guess is, is a way yeah. to say it. Yeah. Cause like, you're not like worried about like getting your partner off, or, like how your partner sees exactly. you. You can just be connected and selfish. And if you're selfish and you're connected, your selfish action will be good for your partner. Right. Exactly. Right. And that's something I completely did not um, know. Like, I mean, I thought I was like really trying hard to like, you know, make a girl feel good. And I know personally when I have sex with a girl who I know is trying, really trying hard to please, a lot of times it's like, like, no, like I don't even want that. Cause something about it is you know, it's just disingenuous, you know, and it's just yeah. not and anything disingenuous. Obviously, so, good. so stuff that we learned with this, the sex study, we could probably, you know, talk for like a million years on, I'm writing a book on it, but that's like where we came from. And we were yeah. talking about last night that we've done all this, like, you know, conscious, spiritual, sexual, 
uh, inquiry, but we still want to, we still want more. Yeah, we want way more. And like, we really just sent only, we went to one thing. We went to one taste where they taught us a lot of cool shit, but like, there's so much shit out there. That's like one out of, you know, 10,000, I'm sure different like communities and shit like that, that have yeah. cool stuff to teach. Basically trying to get magic powers. Yeah. And I, and I think with anything like this, like one taste thing, like it's like, it's very hard to like be into something like that and not be like all in, all encompassing. And then when, what comes with that, I believe is like, the closed mindedness. And so we're trying to just like be open to like everything and like being, you know, experiencing everything that's out there. Yeah. So what's something you want to learn? Um, I really do like the thing that we were talking about today, like the, like the energy, like the, um, I guess like, like feeling things that are not visible, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess I'm not really explaining it super good. Actually, I, I got an exact. So, so we want to know, can we talk about your neighbor? Uh, we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to. So, uh, Chirp's got this attractive neighbor who we, we think has the hots for him. Uh, we won't go yeah. into her life, but like, yeah. basically, um, he, he was telling some of his the sexual past, like when he introduced me to her. And, um, there was a point where he felt like she pulled away. Even though she didn't do anything physically, just felt yeah. like she, or you know. actually maybe like went. I felt um, like this is literally the strongest thing I've ever felt in this realm. Um, it felt like because I said the word pussy stroking. Yeah, and it was just like you know when you have those high sensation moments where you do something that maybe is a bit vulnerable or just a bit like awkward or you really just like said something and then you feel like puking afterwards. Like yeah. it was one of those moments where I just like said it. And then I felt, and it wasn't necessarily from me though. I think I just felt something like, like pushing me back almost. Yeah, I think that's what I felt like. Like, like she literally was repelled, and you yeah. could feel that. Le- yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like she was repelled by it because just because I don't think she was like disgusted or anything. I just think that like her program is like you don't talk about pussy stroking with yeah someone you know like like but, whatever. But, so I mean people listening to this might actually have that reaction too when they hear us talking about this they might actually right. pull back and then everyone I think everyone experiences something like that where they sense someone's pulling away even though they didn't do anything right. but most people don't know how to acknowledge it and you think you're crazy if you think oh I just felt their energy move. right which is why it was cool talking about it with you last night because I haven't talked about this stuff since one taste basically yeah and that that stuff is just like it's super interesting and I wish I knew more have you read on uh, on becoming an alchemist yeah I love that book so they talk about yeah. a lot of that stuff right but not as not they don't talk about it so like literally like oh I could feel this person's energy yeah. but they do talk about like, kind of magical mystical yeah. things with your mind and your and stuff. subtle body and shit I was, yeah. I was really hard for me to get through that book I have actually didn't complete it it's a hard book to get through yeah but like I've been trying to read for literally four years now and it's, <laughs> When did we do CP? Uh, four years 2012. Ago. I mean, we not met in 2012. Wow, really? That far? Yeah, yeah, so it's been four years. Yeah. I'm trying to read this book on my like halfway through. Yeah. We met at a turn-on event. Um, where we, I think it was our, both our first time. And yeah, we were both, my like, first or second. Yeah. We were both scared money, as you'd say. <laughs> yeah. So should we talk about the turn-ons? I mean, I think I feel like turn-on in general is an amazing um, – it's an amazing, like not going all the time, but just like the the concept. Yeah. So what Turn On is is an introductory event for One Taste where they play vulnerable communication games. There's usually like ten to fifty people there in the big ones, and like they play games where you basically get to share vulnerable things about yourself. Right. Um, and it, it gives you a high, like vulnerability gives you this high of connection. Yeah. And so, like for instance, one of the games that they play is called Hot Seat, and someone goes on the hot seat, and basically the premise of the game is anyone can ask this person whatever they want. Yeah. Like, so it's like, where else in life do you get the opportunity to ask someone whatever you want? And like, what are we really thinking? I know me personally, when I'm in fucking Starbucks or whatever, I'm like wanting to know like about someone's sex life or just like anything like, like, like when's the last time they took a shit? Just like anything like intimate that like, 
I'm actually that's what I'm actually interested. In. I'm not interested in like oh the weather is is yeah. cool or or whatever. So like this is gives you like an opportunity to do so, which I thought was amazing. So do you feel like it's similar to like the the twelve step meetings in that sense? Where you have to uh, share yourself? I just feel like now. I mean, like like in in a yes, in a way it can be when you first when I my so I'm a member of AA. Uh, and it, in the, and when I first came in, yes, because it was definitely more honest and shit when people were like talking about alcohol and like they're drinking and how much of a tragedy they were. Yeah. So I guess it is kind of similar. I don't know. I guess I just lost the interest. So it, yes, to answer your question, it is similar, but I just lost the interest. Yeah. Cause I remember like when I, when I was going to turn on for the first time, like I would like daydream about getting on the hot seat all week. Cause it was like such a big deal for me to tell the truth to a bunch of strangers. Right. Yeah. I, I just never would like share myself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just an uncomfortable thing for whatever reason. I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. So now that neither of us are really involved in that kind of community, it would be cool to just be able to do that in the world. But yeah. it's, you know, it's difficult with people who don't speak our language. Yeah. yeah. And especially like, I know me personally, like Ruan's a good friend of mine, but I don't ever see him. So, and a lot of my friends back home are like normal people. Like they're like normal guys that like, you know, they're like friends. Vanilla. Vanilla. They're like monogamous guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like normal dudes, and like so, this shit's like weird to them. Uh-huh. So I don't. It's it's hard to be the one person that's doing all the crazy shit. It helps a lot when you have someone to help you with doing. Yeah, or I mean, that's what I really uh, believe. Like, it was so great to have a community. We we lived in a community house for a while with like a bunch of people doing like orgasmic meditation and stuff. Like having a bunch of people on the same page with you allows you to accelerate your thinking so fast. I think. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And like a lot of the, like, so we, we were talking about this yesterday too. Like we, we experienced a lot of things that like you could call like magic, quote unquote. Like you think about someone, they text you, like we, like weird yeah. telepathic shit. I've only really experienced that in abundance in community. And I think it's because that reality was being reflected on me so right. that like I could believe it more. Like the like law of attraction shit. Right. But with more people, it's easier to think that way. Yeah, totally. I agree. I've actually have a, I've been having a ton of these intuitive type, um, things recently. I guess. Kind of because of, maybe because of like I actually had a breakthrough recently in like the meditation and the central deprivation tank where I felt like way more connected to the universe and then all of a sudden I'm having every time like not every time but a, a large large portion of time when people text me it's like well that's so weird I just thought of them or like whatever whatever's I had a, a dream that I had sex with my ex um, and we hadn't had sex in like three or four months and then I had sex with her that day. And yeah, it was like just it just like blew my mind. That was like literally one of the most crazy. Yeah, things. And, and a lot of things you could write off as coincidence, but sometimes they're just so specific. Like yeah. it's just like like I, I was telling you, uh, I was texting someone. Oh, it's like the chicken and the egg, and then I I heard someone sitting next to me on the bus say that exact words. Yeah, on and how the about phone. The, uh, the dream thing? Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like my ex, uh, I had a dream where I was uh, asking like a teacher a question, and then my ex was sleeping next to me, and she said like answer the question like sleep talking. So I woke up and I asked her what, what she was answering. She was and she was still asleep and she was like, "Oh, I just answered your question or whatever it was." Yeah, so I was up. Yeah. So I would I would like love to experience more of that stuff. Yeah, just basically anything not normal. Normal stuff is pretty boring. But is that so? That's another thing. Like, are are we weird because we're dying to be ab, to exceed those abnormal things? No, I just think like, that's is that a defect. Why can't we just appreciate normal reality? I, I think about that sometimes. I don't really do. I just think people are born differently. I think like soul, like I always think in terms of like souls and shit like that, like, like standard spiritual shit, I guess. But like, I just think that when people like us are born, we're just like propelled towards much different things and like different seeking different things. And the world needs every, everyone. The world needs plumbers. The world needs whatever. I think yeah. they needed us too that are just like constantly like questioning everything and, you know, 
going into this weird shit. Yeah, I think I like what you said, like the world, like because I used to really look down at people who this is my arrogance. Like I was looking down at people who wanted to do normal shit. Yeah, I still do. Yeah, I, actually, sure. I, 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 I did. I, we just did it. We call them vanilla milk toast. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I still do, but, and I probably always will. But I can also see that that is flawed. You know. Yeah. There's also a lot of suffering with like wanting more all the time because you're sure. always. Yeah. Sometimes I think I'd just be happier if I was just like a factory worker. Yeah. And I could be okay with that. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think I think that happiness is like determined on completely different factors. Although in my mind, I'm like I see like someone that's a very vanilla person, um, like one of my friends. I'm like, how could you possibly be happy doing the things that they do? But definitely some of them are for sure. Yeah. I'm always looking to like, like in terms of like, uh, social situations, always trying to like be as free as possible at any given moment. So like, if I, you know, go to the supermarket or whatever, I just want to be able to completely express myself as, as freely as I can. And it just basically, it's just basically breaking down the, the barriers of fear. And I, I, I personally, for my personal life, I feel as though the older I get, there's more I'm like climbing the mountain. Like, I'm just like, I feel great about it. Like, I yeah. feel like I'm like, oh, well, I couldn't do that last year. Now I fucking can do it. And like, I had a situation with this girl where she was fucking with me and I never had the self-confidence to get past it, but now I do. And that like interests me. So I mean, with that, like really like, that's like what I think life is about for me. Like I'm trying to like keep going. Yeah. Well, it's just like also like the doing nothing. So like basically all day you and I basically did nothing except like yeah. kind of like just just talk and like look at your kid. Yeah. And that, that actually was kind of fun. Like I yeah, it's boring I mean, to me. But oh, is it boring now? Yeah, pretty boring. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Because I was like, oh, this is kind of like a peaceful like Zen life where you you, yeah. you don't do anything and you're just happy. I mean, it would be if I I just feel like I have a bit of anxiety with the kid with. Oh, gotcha. With like 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 him like making sure he's okay. Like I can't like I can't be resting. Not anxiety yeah. necessarily. Just like I have to be calm. Yeah, because, like, you don't watch TV or do anything. You kind of just, like, yeah. watch him. Yeah, I'm just watching him as yeah. much as I can. And it gets dull, but I think that's a really good burn for me, like, the the getting through something. It's yeah, so like you're meditating on a, on your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder how that's, how that's going to affect him later in life. What, that I'm giving him so much attention or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because most, I feel like most people's complaints about, or, like, the psychological complaint about their parents is they didn't get enough, like, undivided attention without judgment right and it seems like all you all you do is that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. yeah thanks for telling me that because i didn't yeah. i didn't really like put that in two and two together yeah it's it seems because like you 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 come off as like a like a negligent or like, like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing dad you even said that yeah. today i think um but it seems like you do all these things like letting him you know fall over and like do whatever and like yeah. experience the world by himself and like eat shit and whatever germs give yeah. a shit like he'll learn you know, that, that's the, or like not spoon feeding him. I, when I watched you, you just, you dumped the food on his like tray and yeah. let him eat it himself. I feel like that's so empowering, but I, I mean, I'm not a child development expert. Yeah. I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. I'm just going based on like what I know about life. I think. Like, yeah. And I'm like, and also to certain things when like, like certain things, I love my parents, but I, I notice when he's with them that like when he starts to like cry and I do it a bit too, when I can't handle it, but when he starts to cry, they all constantly want to give him something. Yeah. You know, like something that he was like, just, for instance, say he's playing with a knife. Okay. He's not playing with a knife, but say he was playing with a, a scissors or something. Um, and, uh, and I took it from him and he starts crying rather than trying to like, you know, like help him. I'm just like letting him cry it out. I'm like, just basically learn like, that's the way life is. Like you, sometimes things are going to get ripped from you and you just gotta, you gotta take the heat. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's like for me, like I just had an experience with a girl where like, you know, she was kind of like ripped from me based on like how she she didn't want to be with me basically, 
and like rather than like try to get her back, like I kind of had to like deal with the feeling, which is what I avoided a lot of my life. I avoided that those type of feelings. So I just think it's about being yeah. able to feel. Huh. So a lot of people say that like you become really good at a skill once you start teaching it. Do you feel like after having a kid, even though you're not like directly teaching him, do you feel like you're better at life because of the kid? Yes. For sure. But it's a, it's a very subconscious. Like, it's like, yeah. you, I've never even thought about that to ask me a question. Huh. So, like, now I feel like I'm much wiser in terms of, like, I can see things. And I'm less, like, impulsive in my own being. Like, I can see things almost from, like, an objective perspective. Some of the time. Like, obviously, a lot yeah. of times I'm just completely enthralled with the impulse of things. But, like, recently for me, I've had a lot of experiences where I was able to, like, be somewhat objective about it. And I was just never able to be like that before. Yeah. Because like, also like, I, like last time I saw you, you seemed a lot more spastic. Like, I mean, like immediately when I saw you yesterday, you seemed like way more grounded. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. That's, I've gotten that from a lot of people. Huh. It's like, you've been meditating nonstop or right. something. That peak. That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks for talking. That's so good. everybody, if you want to be Zen, like just have a baby. Yeah. Have a baby. <laughs> and, and you know, live 12 hour boring days throughout the day where you're just like watching the baby. I bet, I bet, like, seriously, though, it's probably as good as, like, sitting and meditating on a wall or something. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Definitely, I definitely believe it, and I definitely am – I'm grateful for that mm-hmm. aspect of it, too. I'm Obviously, I'm grateful for him, but, like, it's hard, though. It's definitely difficult. Like, like that's a problem that I have – I think society disconnects from a lot. When you ever ask, how is it being a dad or how is it being whatever, I just feel like everyone's instant reaction is I'm supposed to – like, this is supposed to be the greatest thing ever in my life. Right. And for me, I don't even, I don't know if it's the greatest thing ever in my life. I mean, it's a great new experience for me and I love this kid to death for sure. But for me, it's just, real, it's very difficult. Maybe it's just my brain chemistry or whatever like that. But I, so whenever people ask me, it's like, I tell them that, you know, uh, I tell them what it, it, I've experienced and I feel like it's a very disconnecting thing. Like people assuming that it should be the greatest thing ever when a lot of times there's very difficult parts to it. But like, I just believe in like the dualistic. So, do you think that people who say it's the greatest thing ever are kidding themselves? Not sure. Um, okay. I'm, I don't know because a lot of times I think people are being honest, and then I'm just feeling like more like, <laughs> like, well, like, like a, an alien. But I just think that like that there's a lack of honesty in normal chit chat conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah, Which, yeah. Of course, it's like, it's like bliss fronting. You always try to seem like you're happy yeah, on Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, I don't have kids, so I don't know, but like, when I hear people say like, oh, I live for my kids, like my whole life is my children, I kind of think they're fucking lame. And that's the first thought that comes to my mind. Like, they must be, you know, blowing it up because they have nothing else they're excited about. Right. But maybe that's just me being a douchebag. I, I think know. there's a shift. I think there's a shift. So I have a, I have a good friend, Lemke, who's, who's a good poker player, and he, you know, he's a successful dude, has a lot of money great at poker, but something I feel like he's older than me and all my friends. I'm 30. He's probably 40. Um, there's a shift where like, he really just does care about his kids so much and loves his kids so much. And I know he's kind of living his life, not completely for him. He does a lot of shit himself, but he's so, I don't know what it is. He's so like detached from everything, but his kid or something that it's like this spiritual thing that I can see in him uh-huh. that it's like, whoa, like this dude like really is not putting himself first, which I still hold myself first. Like well, I, I, I know that spiritual thing. I, I kind of see it in you from this day and a half of hanging Sweet. a little bit. Yes. Yeah. 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 I wish he could talk. Hey, Tumblr, tell yeah. us what's going on. Tumblr is his son. Yeah. His name is Luca, but I, for whatever reason, I, I make up lots of crazy words and whatever. I ended up calling him the big Tumblr out of nowhere, out of left field. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, I can't wait until he can speak and like actually get to know what's uh, cracking with you. So what's crack? What's going on in your world? 
Um, well, I got this podcast. That's a new thing. I'm going to be in a film. Uh, we're rehearsing in like 10 days for a month. I mean, filming for a month about, um, did I tell you about the film yet? Yeah, yeah, but t- tell um, me, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> tell me again. <laughs> I mean, like, I, didn't, I don't think I told you the details. So yeah, you didn't tell me the full details. So the story is, I, I can't give all the details, but I think I can tell the story. Um, the story is that my my father was a poetry professor at Columbia. Um, he hooks up with this Indian chick in one of his classes. They get married. They have a baby, which is me, but she dies during childbirth. Um, so he's super depressed. He's the love of his life. He like wants to kill himself. But he doesn't because he has a baby. So he takes the baby, moves into a cabin in the woods, and lives the rest of his life never speaking other than, like, reciting poetry to himself. So I grew up, I'm, like, 20-something, and I've never heard anyone's ever speak other than poetry. I've never seen a woman before. I've never seen people before. I don't know anything about the world. I love this. But I'm super, like, but I've never used electronics. Like, I'm super, like, attentive. I'm super, like, in my body. I'm basically, like, Tarzan who knows poetry. My father dies, and then three young women get lost in the woods and find my cabin, and then... Wow, this sounds amazing. Yeah, too. drama ensues. <laughs> wow, that sounds amazing. So, like, not knowing what... Can you, I don't know if you can answer this or not, but not knowing women up until this point, were you still, like, sexual? Were you, like, horny? Were you- uh, I, I jerked off a lot. But I didn't even know... I couldn't even conceive what a woman was. I just knew my body wanted to come. Right. So it's, like, really... I, I love thinking about it because it's, like... Because we think like all the all the problems with people like our we were talking about posture a lot and like our vision and like how we, we talk to women and how we like treat sexuality is like all kind of fucked up because of society like society trained us poorly yeah but my character has never been trained by society so he's pure yeah but he's that's also amazing. a baby yeah. yeah this is so cool hopefully we'll be in major film film festivals next year is it like some big name people that are producing it or no the the, the or? director is a big name Ode Rashid he um. Mm-hmm. He he made the film Quarantina, which I think did really well in I forget which film festival, but it was mm-hmm. he's got a Wikipedia page. He's a person, like, you <laughs> right. know, he's a real person. Right. Um, and then some other actresses who you probably haven't heard of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you guys are you guys know how long you're coming in? You're coming in for like a month straight. Yeah, well, I'm going actually. I'm going up to the cabin. So I, I I planned on moving to Texas this winter, but then I got this film role, so I'm going back up. So I don't have a I don't have an apartment, so I'm going to go live in the cabin. Uh, and just like rehearse for three weeks and then we film for two weeks. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. But like, did you have experience acting? I've been in a few student films. I've done improv for a long time, but I'm not okay. a professional actor. Like, I, I he cast me because I, he just felt like I fit. Yeah. I fit no, it. I totally did. Yeah. I'm like, this is insane that someone could get someone like you that is so like, this is your role. Like, yeah, I hope so. I don't have a lot of lines. I do a lot of things, but I don't like speak right. a lot. So I don't have to be like a pro yeah. actor. I, don't think. I feel like it's, it's, it's very you based on how you are, but also how you look too. Yeah. So yeah. Like you'd be a wild beast. Yeah. And like, I, I was, I was going to cut my hair, but he told me don't cut my hair. Yeah. So my hair will be friggin' long. That's amazing. Can you talk long. about how you get paid for this? Or no? Um, that's confidential. I don't know if it's confidential, but basically I get paid if, uh, if the film like gets sold to like, Amazon and Netflix and stuff, I get, I have equity. So right. that piece. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Really interesting no matter what. So that's a fun way to start the year. And then afterwards, maybe I'll come straight to Philly and, yeah. uh, we'll, Crush life, um, Crush life on the internet. All these, <laughs> all these things. Yeah, I just feel like me and you are a very good team just because of our different qualities. Like, you're very organized, military-ish almost, and I'm, like, just everything else. Like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm not that. I know that. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I think yeah, I think we have a dynamic duo team. Yeah. I yeah. Wanna, yeah, I'm just, like, I want to do hella... Things. I'm really interested in, in like in like pickup and stuff like that. Even though I haven't, even though we're like guys that like you know have done well with women, um, for whatever reason we never really attacked it from like the pickup 
Yeah, well, I did pick up for a while, and oh, I, did? I, I did, I did well at it, but I think it kind of killed my soul because I was looking at um, like an objective. Yeah, I became I was looking at women as objects, not because they teach, not like people that think that pickup preaches misogyny. It really doesn't. It right. preaches like um, coming at social interaction from a mechanical, scientific level, right. which kind of takes your soul out of it. Right. And like that's when you start becoming misogynist because you look at women as objects. Right. Um, so that was bad for me. And and one day it's kind of healed that for me. Like like it unfucked me. Yeah. But we were talking about this yesterday. Like we're both like we we, we don't like. I mean we're both awkward at times in groups. Yeah. And I don't care anymore because I had only cared about being awkward because I wanted to get girls. And now that I get girls, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I but, feel like I feel that too. I just want to be cool. I, I think I have a lot of, of, of that stuff in me because I was so awkward in high school and I yeah. had a lot of shame because I was a loser, a quote unquote loser in high school. Um, because I didn't, you know, have, I wasn't with the popular crowd. I couldn't speak to girls. I never got any girl attention for all my life. So now I have a massive chip on my shoulder to like be yeah. a cool dude. I had the same thing, but it, for me, it was just, if I could get laid, I'll feel good about myself. Yeah. Even, even though that's not true, I think that that was also a hungry ghost thing. Yeah. And, but it's true, like, I, I am awkward around large groups of people still, and I, I guess I would rather not be, but. That's different though for you and yeah. me. Like, we've ever, I've noticed with all of my friends, they have different awkwardnesses amongst them. Like, my one good friend, Paul, is like one of the best poker players. He's an amazing, if he's at the table with you playing poker, like, he's, I've never met anyone that's more just like, Face off, entertaining, super comfortable in their own skin, but he has this weird thing in groups where like he's like fucking like he can't even speak. Like yeah, I bizarre. get like that sometimes. But sometimes in the big groups, I actually get like I'm like really good in big groups and yeah. certain fields, but then in certain fields, it's like weird. I, I don't even know that's a, a, a person thing. It's just like a dynamic of how I view myself in the role. I think that's a good observation because I, I I've always thought of you as a party animal because I've seen you and I met you in a large group and you just yeah. seem very confident. Yeah, I think some of it was fake. I think some of it was definitely mm. fake, uh, like, like playing it up. But it, but I think it's, it's how I feel in terms of the dominance role. Like, if I feel like, like I'm one of the dominant men or whatever, yeah. then I feel fine. Like, I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, yeah. But if I'm in a group of, like, a lot of other alpha males, I know it's because I have a group of friends, I feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that yesterday, too. Like, uh, if someone shows weakness, whether a girl or a guy, I suddenly become super confident. Yeah, you're the man, yeah. and you're not even in your head, you're whatever. Yeah. You know, you're looking at them right in the eyes when you're having sex with them. <laughs> <laughs> so you have any New Year's resolutions? New Year's resolutions. Um, I really wanted to do the Real Social Dynamic, uh, one of their boot camps or whatever. Yeah. To get better. Just because I want to be able to have the power to meet women or people wherever I go. Like, I want I want that part of my I actually had a dating coach, David Wygant, who's the dude that, yeah, uh, Hitch. Hitch, yeah. Yeah. And he's, and like, I really like the shit that he teaches. Um, it's basically just like be present wherever you are and like be like whatever. But I feel like I would need a little bit more coaching than that. Um, uh, I just, I really just need to like practice the, the, um, uh, and get more, get back into the uncomfortability of approaching people. Yeah. Well, I definitely recommend the fearless man guys. I don't know if you look them up. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Brian Begin and Dave Stoltz. They're awesome. And, and, and so tell us what they do. Like, uh, cause they, they do like a how to meet girls thing, but it's, um, coming from like how to become your best self. I know a lot of people say that kind of yeah. shit, but like they really focus on energetics. Right. Like I had them on my show. Energetics uh, how? Like I don't even know what that like, means. Like though. feeling like, um, oh, they get into kind of like a mystical trippy shit. Like, like, uh, Brian during their boot camp, they, they brought in some models and we'd stand in front of them and then you'd have us walk up to her and say hello. Right. Like that's, and like, there's no, like, there's no, like, learning lines. No, none of that shit. Just like, how is your energy approaching her? Right. And then he'll, like, yeah, tweak no, I can you. totally see that. Yeah. He'll tweak you, like, as you approach, like, he'll be like, oh, like, you were kind of, like, closed off in your chest. And, like, 
for people who don't like believe in energy or anything, it probably sounds ridiculous, but it is something you can no, see. No, totally. Right. You can, yeah, you can totally see like when someone's like their chest is closed yeah. off, like they're they're physically tight, and like you know, if you open your heart, whatever that means to you, it does have an effect right. on your communication. Right, and like same thing when you're like when you're having an interaction with a person, if they're awkward, you feel fucking awkward, right? Yeah. So like if you feel awkward approaching this girl, she can't breathe already on the situation, but she's she's gonna be uncomfortable. Why your uncomfortability? But if you're super fucking like having a blast, like whatever, yeah. she is very. I think quickly going to be yeah, it's like the limbic resonance, like yeah. our our emotions sync up. Like I realized, like the only technique I ever need to like get a woman into me is like pay attention to her, be connected, and get horny. Because if I get horny and I'm connected, she'll get horny. Like right. it's, it's that simple. See, I've never even thought of that. I don't think in my life. Yeah. Well, it's it's like we think a lot differently. I think in certain ways, especially. So it's fun. It's fun talking. Yeah. No. Yeah, because like when like why do we like when you're listening to a public speech or in something. And they're super awkward and uncomfortable. Like everyone hates that. Why do we hate hate it? Because we feel uncomfortable. We right. feel awkward. Wait, say it again. When when what? Like if you're watching a speech, yeah. and the speaker is super awkward, like no one wants to watch that. Right. Yeah, I know. Then it's you like, feel awkward. Yeah, I know. But if it's a guy's crazy. super or a girl is super confident, you feel confident. It's like, oh, that's awesome. I don't give a shit what they're saying. Yeah. I just feel confident because they made me feel confident. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how we don't like consciously realize these things. Yeah, and I think that's true. Like even with podcasting or whatever, like. Any, anybody you listen to, you're taking on their emotional state in some right. form. Yeah, you're taking on so. their energy. So if shit got really awkward with me and you, people would probably feel awkward. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I want to point this out. So we, we have the recording device open, and the, the timer was up. I don't know if that's what you're looking at, but I saw you kept kept no. looking at it. And then I, and I, I was like, oh, this is, it kind of, it feels like we're not totally driving yet. So I turned the screen down. Oh, wow. I, feel, I feel like we've been driving a little better. It might yeah, be in my no. head. No, no, no. I think so. Cause like, oh, well, both of us were kind of conscious of looking at the, the recording mechanism. Yeah. Cause I think it's just something to like take away from the sensation of us just speaking. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, yeah. And I don't know if, if you guys listening at home may notice this, like in the beginning of this episode, we're kind of talking to you, like, t- like we, yeah. we're talking about each other to you. And now we're talking yeah. to each other. Yeah. I still feel like I'm kind of talking to them. But. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. But, yeah. But more so, more so to you. Is there anything else? Crickets, crickets, crickets. Um, yeah, I feel like that's the, that's the greatest thing when you're actually truly com- comfortable with something, you can just be like in the awkward silence, but it's not that awkward. Yeah. I don't know. Awkwardness is such a weird thing. I feel like that's what everyone is like avoiding their whole life. Like, I mean, I, mean, that's like what, I, I may have a new term, fella, fear of awkwardness. Just like, like, think about it. I don't know what I'm more terrified of than awkwardness. I really don't know. Like, it's like, yeah. Well, yeah, I think I, I'm def- it's related to that. I th- I'm, I'm afraid of looking like a bitch. And if you're yes, awkward, I'm massively afraid of looking like a yeah, bitch. Yeah. Like, whether it's on social media or in life. Yeah. Uh, awkwardness to me equates to weakness, but. Okay. Doesn't have to like. Yeah, know, for, like, I'm, I'm learning. To, I yeah. need to switch that up. I'm realizing like you can like from like you know awkward comedians, you can still be cool and awkward. Right. Like, you can still get laid and be awkward. You can still be like fun and be awkward. Yeah. You know? And and the, the last girl I dated actually, she was like very social, but also massively awkward at times. But I would never even think to think that like oh, yeah. that's a negative thing. Yeah. Sometimes I like in, it. in yeah. women, it's charming yeah. when they're awkward. Yeah. It might be true in men too. I don't probably think probably men. Yeah. Probably is because I feel like I've heard that from girls. Yeah, as long as we're being genuine. Oh, I love how awkward sure. you are. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I, you know, the, the cure to awkwardness for me on dates has been to call out when I'm awkward, and I yeah. suddenly feel okay about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Like this feels really awkward or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I just think the, the covering up of the awkwardness is a million times worse. Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. So I bring it back all the time. I bring it back to turn on and shit. Like, when, once you can, like, just share that awkwardness, yeah. it suddenly is awesome. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. And it makes your sex good. Yeah, true yeah. that. 
So you're gonna you're gonna become a pickup beast this year? I don't know. It's just feels like one of the it feels like one of the biggest areas where I have fear about for whatever reason. I think I have a lot of shame in my sex for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like I like picked it up at a very early age. So yeah. like sex is bad. So for me to like and and I view myself as like a creep like all the time. Even though I've like said that to girls and like that's crazy that you would think that because blah 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 blah. Um. So like just like it's like kind of a, against like me like defeating that shit in my mind yeah well, it's interesting because when i think about because i definitely have that kind of shame too from childhood but when i think about that it's like i want to just be really good at sex i want to be like a tantra master or something. all right see i think of it a different yeah. way i think of it in the way of you know just being very disarming and being very whatever being very nice and stuff yeah and yeah because we talked about the hungry ghost of like just wanting to feed your ego by meeting women and hooking up with women i think uh, by like actually having success there, I'm realizing when I want things just for them. Like I don't want to work out to be attractive. I just want to be strong. Like I'm right. realizing now. Right. That's one of that's one of my goals to get to get jacked. Yeah. Well, not not jacked. I want to be like Ido Portal, where I can like do handstand push ups and backflips and shit like that. So you that. functionally want to be strong. That's great. I mean, that's yeah. The thing. I don't know that I do. I don't know that I care. But really? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I do on some level. I care. Yeah. Now I play golf and shit like that and I'm moving around. I, li- I like being able to move. Like, I like what you're saying. Like, I like being able to move and feeling strong yeah. and just feel, yeah, like feeling like a beast, I guess. But you play football in college and stuff. Yeah. But do you, you, you don't have like that competitive event. Do you have like delusions of grandeur when it comes to sports or like physical stuff? Pugger. Uh, with pugger, I do, for sure. Oh, okay. But it's not, I don't know how delusional it is, but it can, I have delusional thoughts in terms of that. I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, well I, I guess I don't mean delusions as much as like imaginations or of, like, of doing really good at like physical, physical things. things yeah. Lifting, yeah. <laughs> like lifting and getting jacked for sure. Okay. I, I definitely do 100%. Like I have a very strong desire to be like super jacked. I have all my life. Cause I came on some shame for me this year. Cause my, so my brother's 10 years younger than me. He's wrestling in high school and a huge part of my identity is being a wrestler in high school. And I realized it's been 10 years since I was in high school, and I still have that in my identity where I want people to know I was a good wrestler in right. 2006, which is ridiculous. Right. But I, I think it all think ties that. back to you. It all ties back to your want to be masculine. Yeah. Too, based on your past. Yeah. Yeah. We did a little psychoanalysis of each other last yeah. night. Yeah. I learned so much about you last night, actually. Like, I was, yeah. everything you kept saying, well, two, two things. One, the hypochondriacism. Was like, he's I didn't realize I was a hypochondriac. Like, he definitely, 100% is. Like, he's telling me all these things are wrong, but I think it's this, I think it's this. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like, what? Like, is this a joke? Yeah. It's about inflammation and like sleep. Yeah. And, like, but I know I do that shit too. Like, yeah. I know I do it too. And I'm like, wait. And I know I tell people and they're like, you're fucking crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you with your relationship with your dad, um, you wanting to be more masculine because he wasn't a super masculine dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in short, we realized that basically all, like, the things I tried were pick up Marines, uh, fucking one taste, yeah. like, was to, like, overcompensate for, like, me thinking my dad was too effeminate. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which is – but I think a lot of people are doing that in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Or their dad, but whatever it is that, like – is their like vital point? That's what they're like going against that grain or whatever to like prove that they're not that. Yeah. Hmm. I feel at peace now for some reason. Really? I'm at yeah. peace. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, do you want to define peaks? Uh, peaks is uh, a term. So I have a lot of these terms that are just made up. You know, in, in the intro, I'm going to put a glossary. But why don't you define peaks? Peaks <laughs> is uh, so like there's a poker term called I was peak incinerated, meaning. Your peak has become incinerated, meaning your peak has diminished to nothing. Meaning, say you are up fifty thousand in a poker game, and then you were down to like up only twenty thousand. You're still winning, but your peak has become incinerated. 
But so if you're peaking, you're obviously just like going off. You're like you're, you're upswinging, right? Yeah. So peaking is a positive thing. The words that I create are usually either positive or negative, and it doesn't really matter how they're used. Yeah. Like everything's either like weathered is a negative one, and it's, and it's showered is a negative one, or whatever. They can be used in different contexts, and it's all kind of whatever, but, but uh, it's either negative or positive. Yeah. Well, that's like, and your influence in the poker world is so interesting, given that, like, you were telling me that, you know, you're part of, like, this poker elite or whatever, yeah. like, a couple hundred or something? Or no, no, less. no, it's, it's, well, I mean, really, the, the inner elite is just me and two other guys that are, like, among the top ten in the world. Um, you're in the top ten in the world? They're in the top ten. Oh, the they're in the world. I'm just, like, the behind the scenes. I'm, like, kind of a no one. Like, I'm, I yeah. am very well known, but I haven't had many big results in terms, like, I want a lot of stuff online. Yeah. Uh, which I was, like, top, top ten in the world online. But live, I never really won stuff, but everyone knows me because I'm the backer that backs these guys that are, like, you know, in the yeah. top ten and stuff. But you have invented all these words that are now commonplace in the poker world, you're saying. Right. So it's, like, a lot of people use the term shower, meaning, like, the uh, – so, like, the, the term actually derives from, like, baseball when uh, a manager would tell the pitcher to hit the showers, like, give me the ball, hit the showers, like, you're out, basically. Yeah. Um, and I use it in the poker sense that, like, if you shower someone, means being busted them from the tournament. Like, they have yeah. to leave. They're out. Yeah. But, or you're just, like, you don't want to do something or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, you, you shower, shower that. Yeah, so it can be used negatively yeah. in, in many different ways. So I made a bunch of these terms. Pete's withered, showered. OI is an uh, acronym meaning over it, OI, um, which is very yeah. big. And this is so, like, interesting because, I mean, you're not, like, the, the top of the poker world, but you have this huge influence. And, like, a big part of my book with the, you know, the sex study is also mind control. And, like, I realize, like, the language is how people, like, get brainwashed, yeah. essentially. And you, you've kind of brainwashed the poker world. Yeah. They're using your language. Yeah, they're using my language. Yeah. yeah, so, like, you're, like... But I do feel on top. Like, I feel on top. Like, I, yeah. I actually, I actually of, of my niche, at least. Like, I, yeah. like, of my, like, group of online poker playing dudes, I think that's why I feel so confident when we're out in groups because, like, I feel as though I am alpha peak. dog. Yeah, I, I, I do, I, and I'm actually just realizing this stuff now. Um, but yeah, for sure, I feel like I'm yeah you know, the pinnacle of this group that I, that we have. And it's so it's I, even for me, it's so fun to use your language because because it's really it, it's like a dom sub situation where like you're gracefully doming our language, and yeah. it's just like sure, I'll go along, I'll surrender yeah. to to Chirp's language. Yeah, you know. That, that, that's rummages. <laughs> and this, I, I, I've been doing this, like the word withered, I mean, I know the word withered is a real word, but the word wither I started using when I was in like 10th grade in high school. And I actually got, I actually got shamed for it by a group of high school kids because we would say like pillaged and plundered and all these different words. Like yeah. there's been tons of words. There's always new words too. Like yeah. Every, every couple months there's new popping off words. And I actually got shamed for it in high school. Everyone's like, oh, you're gay, blah, blah, blah. You use plundered and stuff like that. <laughs> and I was like, wait, no, but it's actually cool. Like I remember thinking this, but like I was showered by these, by, <laughs> by, by the judgment of these people. I had no soul at the time. So I kind of let them just like bulldoze me. Yeah. And so I think I'm now constantly trying to like be, you know, dominant yeah because of that reason because like all those memes uh, like i mean it becomes that's what our culture is, is like a set of phrases and like ideas yeah so for sure if this spreads like you're basically like the father of a culture yeah yeah i never that's really thought of it i never really thought of it that way i actually had yeah. a lot of it's i actually i actually came out with it once in a uh, one taste uh we had some yeah, I remember that. They were called immersions. Because you and I had never really spoken. I was like, who's this weirdo telling us this yeah. fucking... And, and, and it was one of the... And it was, and I got many... Um, so I, I... You get the mic, and you talk to the main person. Uh, her name was Nicole. And I just said, 
in order for me to feel really present in this room, I feel much different than you guys because I have my own sort of language where I use certain words that make me feel really connected. Um, and I, when I'm not using those words, this is me brainwashing everyone, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> it really was, or maybe subconsciously it is. Yeah. But me not using those words, I feel very disingenuous. And in order for me to drop in the, in the room, I need to, I need to clarify a few things. And I think I said a few words. I said like boy or something like that. Yeah. Um, and people started using them. And people start, people did start using them. With you, as, with you specifically, do we use them, I think, the most? Yeah. Yeah. With me. Yeah. Well, amongst themselves, probably not. So like, you, you and David probably said shower. Yeah. Well, yeah. We used showered a lot. And yeah. Right. But that was insanely vulnerable for me to say. But I also thought that was like one of my best moments of vulnerability because I've had many people call to me and like, if I could, like, I never really felt you before you said that. And then I, Totally feel like that was you, and I was like, yeah, it felt like me, but it was hard to do though, too. Yeah, it's it's funny what things are vulnerable. Like, yeah, I know, like right? Some weird, like sometimes they're like, like, I don't see, like, from my perspective, like, why is that vulnerable? Right, right, right. Yeah. And it was like massively vulnerable. Just because yeah. I think it, I, I think it made me so different. Like I was, I just felt so like like a geeky and like different and weird. Yeah, but it's also kind of like saying like, I, oh, this is my perspective. Like I'm gonna introduce something into the language system in this community, right. and you take it or leave it. And I could see that being vulnerable. Yeah, it's like I want to, I want to own your brain. Yeah, but I don't. I wasn't even thinking about. Yeah, like, I, you know, yeah. You know, I think I do these things in very different. We do. We operate in very different ways. Yeah, well, I think it's always subconscious. Like I was telling you with the intentional community I was running, I had pet names for everyone, yeah. which is such like a big brother, like top. You know. Yeah. Like if you accept someone else's pet name, you're basically bottoming or surrendering to that person. Right. Yeah. I actually heard this in the dating world where mm-hmm. when you meet a girl, you give them a name, like you give them like Miss teacher or miss and i do that a lot i actually yeah this dude he's like the girls love to be given nicknames i call do you do it with guys too no but see you i don't understand this is all um subconscious yeah like all of the shit that i do i'm never thinking about dominance oh yeah yeah, yeah, i'm just just wondering because like do i do it with guys no because i'm doing no so i actually am doing it consciously with women because i'm trying to be good at it yeah but with guys i don't give a fuck you know it's like whatever i don't think i really care well, I think all of that, I mean, because even, like, me giving pet names to people, it was not conscious. But I realized afterwards right. it was kind of a, a dominance play. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, um, someone was telling me, it was some, from some book, like, some memoir or something about um, the, the top-tier kids in the playground, everyone calls them by their first name. The second-tier kids, like, who are, like, a little lower status, all have a nickname given to them by the top tier. And then the third tier, who are, like, the losers, are called by – like a, a shitty name, like a derogatory name. Right. And then the fourth team, were like the super, yeah, the super losers are not even given a derogatory name. They're just called by their last name. Wow. And it was in some book. And I was That's like, right. oh, that, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like if you gave me a nickname, I'd probably be cool with it because we're close. But if we, if I didn't know you and you gave me a nickname, I would think like, who's this fucker giving me a nickname? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. But if, I was trying to think of your last name and call you that. <laughs> How do you spell your last name? I got completely blank. Vipagala. M e e p a g a l. I might actually, I, I, I might actually be changing my name because for this film, the director who's Iraqi said, even for for me, like your name is too foreign. Right. So it just makes. I mean, and I've thought about this a long time ago, but I was like, I just want to be my real self. But right. it might make sense to change my name. What do you think? Are you thinking you're gonna do it or not? I think I've been playing with the idea. Like when I was a kid, I had it like, on eBay. My alias was Remsen Marcellus. Because it's got the same, and whatever. Salas, that's Pete. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool name. But I was thinking, I still want to be called Ruan, so I was thinking maybe I'll make Ruan my last name. What about Ruan Marcellus? Nah, I don't know. I like Ruan. What about Marcellus Ruan? Marcellus Ruan. Wow, that's sick. <laughs> I know, it's sick. If I wasn't so attached to you being a Ruan, I would go with Well, that. then you could still call me Ruan because it's my last name. True. And then I would, well, then I would I, also be degrading you. I would drop down the fourth yeah. tier. Fourth tier later. Yeah. I think you should do it. For whatever reason, I think it would be more of a burn for you to this. I'm talking to one tasty. Be yeah. more of a burn for you to change your name than not. 
Yeah, right now it feels super vulnerable because I actually do have a small online presence, so I'd have to tell everyone I have a new name. Right. And I, and I personally think it's kind of lame sometimes yeah, if people change their name. Yeah, of course. Oh, super, super sure. Because you're going into that because you're not doing it because you're being lame. You're actually being the opposite of lame because you're doing what it is that's going to further yourself or whatever. Yeah. It's not lame. It's not lame. Yeah. It's just, fuck, I, I just bought the domain for my last name. <laughs> I got to get a new one. All right. Well, so I don't know. You guys are listening to this whenever you listen to this. I might have a different name yeah. in the near future. Marcel is wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's, it kind of sounds pretentious, though. Well, that, that's just adding more to it. It's just it's going to be harder for you to do. It's one Marcellus Ruan the third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Sweet. All right, well, I think that was I think that was well done, well performed, well. That feels like a peak, is what you're saying. Yeah, that was I a felt peak. That too. That yeah. I had someone say that to me. A girl say that to me during sex, like that we just peaked there, and I'm and I'm like, but no, I come. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like as you do that, you like you stop sex before you come, right? Oh yes, yeah. so I, I, not always, but. When I'm like feeling full and like powerful, I can I have the control to be like I'm gonna stop now. Yeah, so I don't have I'm, that sort of control, not yet. Yeah, but I was just telling the, the last random thought on splooging, so I want to talk about splooging. Oh yeah, yeah. Like so, I've been doing this for a few years and having conscious sex and not coming as much as I used to. Like probably coming like one every three times I had sex, and I think and I didn't jerk off at all. And I just started jerking off recently, and I think it's uh, like ruined my jerk off ability. But then you think. Or my coming ability, like I don't shoot as far. Because you don't jerk off? I just think I'm at, like my, my ejaculation muscles are out of practice. But then you're saying I might be a hypochondriac, which is also true, so. Hmm. I'm actually kind of believing it. But yeah, let's just go with the hypochondriac. Because yeah. Because such a hypochondriac, but other things would only make sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know, it's, it's a strange way to end the podcast, but. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's a peak. <laughs> is anything you want to announce or say about? Nah, not at Dip Throng on Twitter. Uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, Dip Throng on Twitter, I don't tweet much. Um, if you want to check out my podcast, it's the Chirp Herm Show. You just Google the Chirp Herm Show. It'll come up on iTunes um, or the website. It's on. It'll come up. Yeah, and re- me and Chirp are going to do cool shit this year. Yeah, you will hear much of us. Yeah. All right. Peace. All right. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to be a part of the virtual audience for future episodes, make sure to follow me at crowdcast.io slash Rwando. See you next time.